wicked, 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 wicked. Get down to business. I don't got no time to play around with this. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Well, a happy Friday and a welcome back to Kira, who spent uh, last Friday gallivanting all over the Pacific Northwest. Here's the deal. Kira, you can't leave anymore. All right? What you don't realize is Kira is basically my babysitter. (laughs) <laughs> All right. After the show gets done and we get the uh, the show put up on ESPNDesMoines.com for you to podcast in case you ever want to hear this nonsense again, or if you miss it or you're like, what does Wicked sound like talking about umpteen other topics? Well, I took that responsibility upon myself last week with you not being here. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I'm like, oh, let's go back and you listen to yourself <laughs> to make sure you sound okay and you check in maybe... You, you tick off things that you hear in this industry. Like, I need to improve on that. Oh, that worked. Oh, that didn't work. So I literally went back the next day, Saturday, and I uploaded the previous week's show. So I put last two weeks ago, I put that show up. So people who were looking for last week's show heard a show that was already up because you weren't So thank you for coming back. It's all my fault. (laughs) Uh, I will never be going on vacation again. It is very appreciated to have you back. Uh, Thank you very much for coming back. Coming up, we will get to a very big week for uh, the GOAT, Caitlin Clark. Also a cool honor for Ernie Johnson. And if you're watching on the stream, I'm going to put these on. All right, we've got some... Okay, so we did renovations here at the radio station recently. All of the building got different stuff, including 93.3 KIOA, which is right like across the hallway from us. But when they put, they moved a door from like an east facing door or south facing door to an east facing door. So they had to bring the door out. The problem is for that radio station, they didn't have the correct facing door. So they took our door from ESPN and they gave us the old door. So now the door like folded in the wrong way, you know? So instead of like butting up to a wall and butted up into open space and then he had to get out of the way to get to it. so they finally i walked in they fixed it today without telling anybody which is awesome but they left behind all of the screws all of the hardware which is awesome thanks for that and they left these glasses which i will be wearing safety glasses that's how intensive a show it's going to be today so if you're watching on the stream espn des moines facebook page my facebook page it's up on twitter too uh at mike wicket I think it's at ESPN DSM. I'm not sure if it's there. It will be. Uh, that's why I'm. we're going to wear these ridiculous goggles. We'll get to the Jets as well. Big week for the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. But, you know, I was thinking about this with rookie camp over, and now we're in the, sadly, we're in the, uh, the doldrums, if that's the right word for it, because the NFL season is still so far away. But now the, the teams are done until training camp starts. This is their six weeks off. So it's like, okay, what what do we what do we do now? The NBA is over. Everyone's waiting on Dame. Major League Baseball. It you know if you it's the summertime. It's sort of that downtime before we all really start ramping up. We get to training camp time. We get to the playoff push in Major League Baseball. Kira, I know you were excited. The NHL draft was the last two days. Yeah. Woohoo! Pretty exciting. That dude Bedard went number one like he was supposed to to the Chicago Blackhawks. A lot of Hawks fans around us uh, here in Des Moines. I know. It's gross. I know. It's gross. So I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about today that people in central Iowa will dig? And I was like, you know what? 
Let's take a look at how well things are going for a couple of former Hawkeyes who are now on the same team after the most recent NFL draft. And that is former Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell and also former Iowa tight end Sam Laporta. So I went and did some digging. And of course, let's just go all the way back in Kansas City when the Lions, sitting at number 18, took a future, hopefully, stud linebacker. With the 18th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jack Campbell, linebacker, Iowa. Seemed a little bit high, you know, the reaction there in Kansas City. Not a ton of Lions fans in KC. I was there for that pick. Uh, not a ton of Lions fans. Remember, they, Lucas Van Ness went earlier to Green Bay at 13. The teammate of Jack Campbell's went at number 13 to Green Bay. And then five picks later, the Lions take take Campbell. So Van Ness goes to Green Bay. Campbell goes to Detroit, both sticking in the NFC North. Here's the thing. When you read all the stuff coming out of Detroit, nobody's been impressed with Jack Campbell yet. He hasn't made an impact. And, of course, we've only done OTAs and rookie camp and mini camp. And, and we're talking about dudes in shorts and T-shirts. So it's not real football yet. We haven't even got to training camp yet, much less played a single game. So you can't take anything you're hearing about the, uh, the, the last you know four or five weeks or whatever of camp play by any of these players. You can't say, oh, because everybody is great coming out of minicamp. Or if anybody's bad coming out of minicamp, you can't take much with that either. But Vito Churko, who covers the Detroit Lions has some optimistic thoughts about the fact that maybe Jack Campbell should be a starter, starting linebacker for Detroit by the time that the week one opponent, the world champion Kansas City Chiefs, welcome the Motor City Kitties to Arrowhead. Well, he very well should. He's a first-round pick for a reason. Okay, so I know Derek Barnes has been mightily impressive so far in OTA, so far in minicamp. There's no doubt about it. And you've seen him up close and personal, how good Barnes has been thus far. But Campbell's a first-rounder out of Iowa for a reason, man. He went number uh, number 18 overall in this past April's NFL draft because he really was a stud linebacker, right? A Buckus Award winner, a do-it-all linebacker, a good pro football focus grade uh, for his efforts against the run in pass coverage as well. So once again, uh, a tackling machine, a do-it-all linebacker, a guy that can play and patrol the middle of the defense, uh, line up a weak side linebacker, hopefully play right alongside Alex Anzalone in the middle of that Lions defense and right away come week one of the NFL season against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Vito Churko covers the Lions uh, out of Detroit. We're talking about Jack Campbell, the first-round pick of the Detroit Lions, 18th overall out of Iowa. And you can say all those things. And one thing I can guarantee you that Vito said that Lions brass, that Dan Campbell, that the Lions don't care about is his pro football focus grade. They don't care about that stuff. That's what nerds like me. And if you're a football fan, that's the websites you go to that measure all these different little statistical. They don't care about pro football focuses, score and ranking. Can Jack Campbell see ball, get ball, tackle guy with ball. That's his entire job stop ball get ball go other way with ball that's the job of jack campbell and Churko even went on to say something i think that is pretty obvious but you can't just pencil him in because he was a first round pick as a starter he does have to earn it from what i've been reading out of the practice facility there in allen park for the lions barnes has really outperformed campbell up to this point 
Barnes probably deserves more reps. It seems like he's getting more reps thus far, but it's all about earning your PT. Kelvin Shepard came out and said that the Lions linebackers coach came out and said that recently that, hey, Campbell's going to have to earn every single thing he gets for every single opportunity, every single rep he gets at linebacker in the upcoming season. He's going to have to go out there on the practice field and earn it. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't come to perform, well, guess what? He's not going to get the PT come game day. You would like to think, and, and, you know, as a Green Bay Packers fan, their first round pick a year ago was uh, they took two in the first round, both on the defensive side. They took a, a lineman named Devontae Wyatt, and they took uh, Quay Walker, a linebacker out of Georgia. Both teammates, by the way, out of uh, or out of Georgia. And you saw a lot of Quay Walker play. And of course, if you watched that last game of the year against the Detroit Lions, he shoved a trainer like an idiot for the second time that year. And you didn't see much out of Devontae Wyatt. But you would like to think at least in year one, that your guy's going to get on the field. And I think there were improvements made by then rookie linebacker Quay Walker from Green Bay. But I think Campbell's going to get on the field. I just don't think you sit, you know, I don't think they're going to look at Jack Campbell. And I think from Jack's talent level, I think his ability, as Churko's talking about there, you can't keep Jack Campbell off the field, at least based on the reason and every, everything that led into you taking him at number 18. You have to see what he's going to be able to do. Again, I don't think you just say, all right, week one, Campbell, you're in there, regardless of how well he's been performing in you know, mini camp, rookie camp, and when we get to training camp. But I'm not 100% sure that you're going to see a real good year out of Jack Campbell. Now, this means he'll probably win defensive rookie of the year because I'm, I've got my doubts. I've got my thoughts on Jack Campbell. I wasn't 100% sure this guy was worthy of getting drafted as high as he was. But that's what the Detroit Lions decided to do. They wanted to bolster their defense. Of course, they took Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama earlier. I think what the sixth pick or the ninth pick or whatever the Lions had, the second running back taken, two first-round running backs. Who does that in the National Football League in the year 2023? But it was the Falcons with Bijan, and it was the Lions with Jameer Gibbs, and they both go in that first round. And then Detroit comes back in the second with their second pick in the first round, and they go with Jack Campbell at 18. Now, maybe the more impactful player that was taken by Detroit came out of Iowa, also from Iowa City, another Hawkeye, tight end university. Maybe, just maybe, the more, what's the right word, the guy who's going to have the bigger impact, the more impactful rookie for Detroit this year, isn't going to be Jameer Gibbs, isn't going to be uh, Jack Campbell. It just might wind up being the tight end, the latest from tight end U. We're going to hear from and talk about Sam Laporta coming up next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. One zero two one FM and thirteen fifty ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World Cubs baseball coming up at twelve forty five. Zach Zaidman will have the play by play. Check that. Zach Zaidman will have the pregame for you. Pat and Ron will have the play by play for you after one right here on ESPN Des Moines. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Reminder: If you're here in Des Moines, it is illegal to shoot off fireworks in like Des Moines and every suburb within Polk County. Don't do it. Go to Waukee. You can shoot them off in Ankeny, but you can't in West Des Moines. You can't in Altoona. You cannot shoot them off in Des Moines. You can own them. You can buy them. You can possess them, but you cannot shoot them off. 
So be safe. <laughs> Cops look the other way anyway. It doesn't matter. They don't really care. But I'm just putting the public message out there. You're not really supposed to do that. Uh, we were chatting about Jack Campbell, the 18th overall pick in the NFL draft out of Iowa, selected by the Detroit Lions. They had two first-round picks. But the guy that may have, and maybe you could argue Jameer Gibbs will be the guy because he's got that game-breaking ability. But don't forget the Lions gave a ton of money to David Montgomery. I think the second biggest offseason contract given to a running back in the NFL this year. The second biggest free agent deal went to David Montgomery, the former Chicago Bear. Miles Sanders got the most money going from Philadelphia down to Carolina, but David Montgomery got a bunch of money. And they're not going to pay David Montgomery all that money and then not give him the football. Maybe he fills that Jamal Williams role where his most of his stuff is third downs and inside the five-yard line. Because remember, Jamal Williams led the National Football League in touchdowns last year. But he did all that. He had like, you know, there were so many games where we would have nine carries for 24 yards, but a touchdown in so many different games. I think that's going to be something like David Montgomery's role with Detroit, which could limit some of the action for Jameer Gibbs. But Gibbs obviously has special written all over him. But the guy people are talking about out of Detroit, I was talking to some of my friends from Detroit uh, earlier today and reading a bunch of stuff about Lions minicamp. The guy people are talking about isn't Jack Campbell, not even Jameer Gibbs. They can't even talk about it being Jamison Williams having, you know, get a a big second year because the dude suspended for the first six games of the season. They're talking about Sam Laporta. And as you know, if you're listening, you're in Iowa, it's tight end university. It's Dallas Clark. It's Noah Fant. It's TJ Hawkinson. It's George Kittle. And now the latest, it's Sam Laporta. Well, here's what Lions tight end head coach, I'm sorry, Lions tight end coach Steve Hyden had to say about the rookie out of Iowa. I think the biggest thing is is just try to put him in as many positions as possible. Um, you know, that includes in the classroom, showing him film, what can go on. Um, and then, you know, to be honest, it's really all about getting getting out here, getting on the field, um, and feeling the speed of the game, and and just you know learning on the field and, and uh, on the grass. That's that's the best way to go about it. Throw them out there, feet to the fire, and then let's go. Let's go learn. It's been really good. Yeah, it's been really good. You know, that's one of the things you don't know when you draft a young kid. And again, this is all t-shirts and shorts. This isn't pads and hitting and full training camp. This isn't game time for Laporta, but everyone is talking about how this guy is already turning heads out of Lions camp. Now, it's one thing for me to say it, all right? It's one thing for other Detroit Lions beat reporters and nerds who cover Detroit and, you know, one pride and all that kind of stuff to say these things about Sam Laporta. But what about a guy who went to Iowa, plays in the National Football League? You can argue is a top three, top two tight end. After Kelsey, there's that next tier. Is it uh, Darren Waller when he's healthy? Is it Mark Andrews when he's healthy? Or is it George Kittle out of San Francisco who has absolutely nothing but good things to say about Sam Laporta? Laporta's going to be fantastic. I, mean, I, I think Laporta's the best tight end in the draft class. I think Lions got his complete steal. I like the other tight ends, too. But like, I spent two weeks training with Sam Laporta, and like the way he moves. He's got the dog. Oh yeah, he's got the dog. He's kind of quirky. He's kind of go- like goofy too. Like he's he's gonna fit in well. That's a George Kittle talking to Barstool Sports about being the best tight end in the class. I think it's gonna be Lucas Musgrave, but that's just me. Uh, 
they're, they're talking a lot about this guy because this offense that they already have, even without Jamison Williams for half a year. I mean, I mentioned the running backs with Gibbs and with David Montgomery. Amon Ross St. Brown is, is an absolute top 10, possible top seven wide receiver. Just go back and look at his numbers he had last year. If you had him in fantasy football, you know he was a PPR machine. The dude just caught pass after pass after pass. If he can stay healthy, you can see him being in that conversation for a top five, top seven wide receiver in the National Football League. And then they add Laporta. They they have a very good offensive line. You know, Goff, when he has time, can play well. Their offense was, I think, top five, top six last year. And and Matt Derry, who's been around Detroit sports for a very long time, says it's going to be Laporta that's going to have the most impact this year of all the Lions draft picks. It will be clear that for 2023, the best pick, at least for the first year, for the Lions will be Sam Laporta. Based on, he can come right in and play right away. He's ready to go. He's playing in a premium position at tight end that Jared Goff and this Lions play-action passing offense really, really like. And they're going to be able to utilize... All of those weapons, everything they have downfield, everything that they've got, and now a rookie tight end who has got separation speed that not every tight end has in the National Football League. Now, if you're an Iowa fan, let's just let's take a step back here. Offense wasn't your thing, right? Offense wasn't your thing last year. Generally, it's not when Brian Ferentz is your offensive coordinator. And for that, he got a whole, like, 9% 9% salary reduction, but he's still going to make like a million dollars or like $900,000 or whatever. Cause he's, you know, he's baby ferrets. He's daddy's boy. That's still going to happen. So you, you've, you've got, you've got your thing, right? If you're an Iowa fan, you understand the offense, not your thing. And so Matt Deary brought up a really good question. He wanted to know what, why what in the heck was going on with Matt Laporta? Matt Laporta. What was going on with Sam Laporta? And why didn't he have a bigger final year in Iowa City? Sam Laporta's good, but how come in the last how come last year, for example, at I Iowa? Here's a guy that many thought could be mid to late second round pick. Why are the Lions taking him this early? And why did he only have one touchdown his last season at Iowa? And then you watch the tape, you see the run after the catch, you see the strength, you see the athleticism for a tight end. And you just, you have to realize and remember again, just how bad the Iowa offense was, especially their pass offense, and how they didn't utilize Laporta that well. And again, some of that is quarterback. (laughs) Every Iowa fan listening to us right now, every Iowa fan driving around listening to us right now is rolling their eyes because they know, like, of course the offense sucked. We had a statue back there playing quarterback. We didn't give the backup an opportunity. The offensive line was not a you know traditional vintage offensive line for Iowa. That's that's obvious. But if you put Laporta on a better offense, let's say you put him on Michigan's offense, or you put him on Ohio State's offense, or you put him on Alabama's offense, or you put him on a good offense, he doesn't have just one touchdown. Laporta's probably talking six, seven, maybe 10. If you're talking about a really good elite offense that likes to hit the tight end, Michigan loves to use the tight end. Uh, Alabama loves to use the tight end. You know, if you, if you can put Laporta on a different offense, that's not Iowa's maybe just maybe his numbers put him ahead of the Michael Mayer or the Lucas Musgrave 
or all of these other guys that projected ahead of him. Now, I think he was the second or third tight end that went off the board. The one dude from, I think, Utah went ahead of him early in that first round, midway through that first round, whatever. I've lost track. The draft was so long ago. So that's one of the reasons why if you're a Lions fan and you're looking at this and you're like, why didn't Laporta have a better year? It's because the offense sucked because Brian Schottenheimer is a... Brian Schottenheimer. Brian Ferentz is a terrible offensive coordinator. But guess what? He got to keep his job. He's got a little bit of salary. You know, all he's got to do is average 25 points a game, which would be good for 84th in the nation. 84th! And he gets all of his money back and he gets an extension. They have to win seven games and average 25 points per game. That is literally the bare minimum. The bare minimum to expect out of an offense. But hey, they brought in the kid from Michigan. They brought in Cade. They brought in a tight end from Michigan. Offense will be fine, right? Sure hope so if you're an Iowa fan. Uh, so uh, let's get, let's actually hear from Sam Laporta, right? Because when the Lions are, are, are focusing on this rookie, and when the Lions have decided, hey, we're going to definitely give this kid a ton of opportunity, you just know that expectations, it's weird to say this in Detroit, but expectations are high in Detroit? They demand a lot, very small details. I'm learning all the real intricate details of the system right now. Of course, I've messed them up a couple of times already. <laughs> You've probably heard them yelling at me. So, you know, th those details are really what separates you apart in the National Football League. So, um, you know, they were great last year, and I hope I can contribute a lot this year on offense. The Lions' offense was fantastic last year, and I think many people were surprised by that. I was surprised by that. You know, I still, there's a phrase in Detroit, it's called Same Old Lions. And that means nothing has changed. It doesn't matter. It's still the same old Lions. They're going to let you down. They're not going to be contending in the National uh, the National Football League. They're not going to be a contender in the NFC North. They're not going to beat Green Bay. They're not going to beat Minnesota. Maybe they'll split with Chicago. But last year felt a little different. And as crazy as people thought or still believe that Dan Campbell might actually be, they actually may have things turned around a little bit in Detroit. Now, you're only as good as the next season, right? All those expectations from last year are now carrying in into the 2023 season. And what better way to put all those expectations and, and, and all that off-season hype? Because if you ask people who's going to win the NFC North, a lot of people are going with Detroit. You know, based on last year, it makes sense. Did Minnesota get better or worse? Did Green Bay get better or worse? Did Chicago get better? No. But the other two, did they get better or worse? Minnesota? I mean, Dalvin Cook's gone. Patrick Peterson's gone. Alex Madison's the number one guy. Adam Thielen's gone. I would like, I, I think Minnesota got worse. I believe. I mean, we welcomed them to their rebuild, right? We all did that on this show. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers wasn't real good last year. Now, I don't think Jordan Love's better than Aaron Rodgers, but I think the Packers' offense is capable of being better than it was last year with Jordan Love as the quarterback. So I feel like Green Bay is probably going to hover around that nine-win mark. Detroit, maybe they ascend. Because remember, it came down to that last week. Seattle and Seattle was, uh, I'm sorry, Detroit was watching that Seattle game against the Rams the final week of the year. And if the Rams somehow pulled out the upset, Green Bay and Detroit was going to determine who was going to go to the playoffs. It didn't matter because Seattle won that game 
And all the Lions could do was ruin Green Bay's postseason, which they did, and they won at Lambeau Field. But the expectations are actually there for Detroit to win a division. And I don't think that has been the case since Barry Sanders played for Detroit. Because Calvin Johnson was never on good teams. Matt Stafford was on one playoff team, I think, in Detroit. And now the expectation is to get to the playoffs. If you're Detroit, that's what you build for. You know, you, you take the steps. You almost got to the playoffs. The next step is to get to the postseason. Whether it's a wild card or winning the division, we'll wait and see on that. And Sam Laporta could have a huge, huge uh, piece of the puzzle to offer to this team getting to the playoffs. So could Jack Campbell, the guy they took at 18. So could Jameer Gibbs. You have three rookies who could make impacts uh, and make impacts on this team. But as far as Laporta and Campbell go, well, they're going to get after each other in practice. That's my guy, Jack. <laughs> Talk about that being out here, having that experience. Yeah, I mean, so fun. Um, you know, I was roommates with Jack the last couple of years. We lived in a house with all of our buddies. And, um, you know, it's just like backyard football. Not actually, but like you're just going against your buddy. Um, you know, you're competing, and that's what we all love. We love football, and it's so fun to do it against Jack. You know, I mentioned uh, Dallas Clark and Noah Fant and uh, George Kittle and now Sam Laporta. It is tight end university, and Sam said he's just really excited to be able to continue that legacy into the NFL. You know, I was just hoping I could sneak onto the field, and four years later, I, I leave the University of Iowa, and I feel like I'm right up there with the names like TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Clark and Noah Fant. Um, you know, that's something I'm really proud of. I'm looking forward. You know, I'm definitely going to have to lean on the leadership of guys like TJ and also the guys in the building and the tight end room with the Lions. So I, I look forward to that. There's some sort of poetry. There's some sort of Hollywood closure to the TJ Hawkinson, former Iowa Hawkeye, the TJ Hawkinson era ending in Detroit, and now the Sam Laporta era beginning the following year in Detroit. So there's a couple of Hawkeyes just getting you kind of caught up on what they are doing. You know, what the, 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 the preseason, the early part of their careers are like so far in the D. Uh, and again, the Lions have so much expectation on them. And no matter what happens in week one, on opening night, on that Thursday, Detroit at Kansas City. We'll all be watching, and everyone will have hot takes. And I will say this a million times between now and October. Yes, I mean October, not September. I mean October. Nothing in the NFL matters the first four weeks of the season. Especially if you have a team. If you root for a team, whoever it may be, whether you root for the Chiefs, the Bears, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, whoever you root for. Nothing matters until you get to week five because a lot of these teams don't play starters, especially the big names, and they don't play deep. Nothing matters. Offenses take times, especially with new coordinators, new coaches, new pieces, new quarterbacks. Nothing matters until October. It's like in baseball. Nothing in the Major League Baseball season really matters until we get to Memorial Day. How often do you see a craptastic team like the Royals start out like 5-1? and one And people are like, hey, here we go! And then they lose 11 in a row. Happens all the time. Happens with the Marlins. Happens with the Tigers. Happens with, happens with my Brewers, usually, when they're not very good. It, it, it's a, kind of a point in the season where things matter. 
For the NBA, it's not usually till Valentine's Day. <laughs> Maybe it's a little before that. But in, in the National Football League, I never freak out, worry, or come to any conclusion. I have my thoughts, and I like to talk about the games and things, but nothing is ever dead where I'm like, okay, that team's going to be good, that team's not going to be any good until we get to October. Coming up, we may get more Aaron Rodgers. Isn't that what we all want? More The league may force Aaron Rodgers on us. That's next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. What's up? My name is Mike Wicket. This is Wicket's World. If you are watching on the Facebook page, we have, we've gotten rid of the technical difficulty, which was why I didn't hit the right button. But we are now streaming properly on the Facebook page. If you're like, why are you wearing those safety goggles, Wicket? The answer is they moved our door in the ESPN Des Moines studio. It was facing the wrong way. And now it is facing the correct way. But the door installers, the construction people, left the safety goggles. So I figured this is... Going to wear this one on the show. That's why. Cubs baseball coming your way 1245 for the pregame with Zach Zaidman, Pat and Ron with the call after 1 o'clock. Who are they playing? Do you have any idea, Kara? Nope, no clue. All right. Is it raining wherever they are in Chicago? Who knows? All right. Okay. Because it could be rained out. You never know. Can you just make sure that we have a game? Awesome. <laughs> uh, we are... About a month out from the National Football League training camp season. Which means we are getting close to hard knocks. HBO has the uh, has the, the TV show. And if you've never seen Hard Knocks, it's actually kind of cool. Like, I, I, I dig it. You get to go into the meeting rooms and you get to see guys get cut, which is always kind of heartbreaking and practice and these exclusive interviews. And it looks like it's going to be the Jets. Reports are they're down to four teams. The Jets, the Saints, the Bears, and the Commanders. The qualifications are this. You have to have a coach who has been there at least a year, so no first-year head coaches. You cannot have made the playoffs for the last two seasons, and you cannot have been on hard knocks the past 10 seasons. Jets fit all that. Robert Saleh, year three. They haven't been in the playoffs the last two years. I don't know the last time the Jets were actually in the playoffs. And they have not been on hard knocks in the last 10 seasons. Oh, but they were on hard knocks about 15 years ago. And I've got two of my favorite sound bites from that 2014? No, 2006? Whatever it was. So Rex Ryan was the head coach. And if you haven't heard this real inspirational speech he gave to the New York Jets, listen up. Make sure we play like the f- New York Jets. And not some slap team. That's what I want to see tomorrow. Do we understand what the f- I want to see tomorrow? Let's go to eat a damn snack. <laughs> Let's go eat a snack. I love that soundbite. Now, that might be the best soundbite to come out of Hard Knocks that year when the Jets were the, uh, the subject of the show. But it's not. It's only number two. The best was, now you might remember the name Antonio Cromartie. Played cornerback for the Jets, played corner for the San Diego Chargers, came out of Florida State, 
Played in the league for 11 years, made $42 million. But the interview he gave, I know he was only at seven, I believe, when he was trying to remember all of his kids' names. Listen. We got Alonzo, who is five. I have um, Karis, who is three. I have my junior, which is three. My daughter, who just turned three as of yesterday. Um, I have another son named Tyler. That's uh, He turns three in December. We got another uh, daughter that was born October 16th named London. Uh, another daughter that was born named Leilani, who's uh, two years old. And uh, I have uh, my newborn with my wife. Her name is Jersey. Guess how old he is in that, uh, that soundbite with his seven children. Take a guess. Uh, Kira? 25. 26. All right. 26. Holy cow. And he had seven kids. Now, they were not with all of his then wife. You think George Washington's the father of our country? No. Antonio Cromartie is the father of our country. Like, he was Nick Cannon before Nick Cannon. Okay? And I dig a little dig I did a little digging on uh, Antonio Cromartie who's been out of the league since 2016. Played in the league for 11 years. Made $42 million. Take a guess how many kids he has now. 14! There was a reality show on USA called The Cromarties. It lasted one year. 14! Teen kids. Six with his wife. So the other eight are with whoever. Not my place to judge, but 14 children. His vasectomy failed three times. He tried. The dude tried to stop having kids but enjoyed intercourse. It's fine, don't we all? He tried to stop having children, and three more popped up. So at 11, he's like, I'm good. I'm going to tap out. I'm good. I've had my 11 kids. Got the vasectomy. Got everything tied up. Got everything snipped off. Got it all sewn. And still, those things can fail. That is why, Kira. I got my vasectomy, and my wife got her tubes tied. That is the reason. It's like 1% chance or whatever that a vasectomy is going to fail, and it failed thrice on that dude. That is why my wife and I both got the procedure. What? The date? No. Well, they not to get too graphic, but when they were um, evicting our children... Because my wife had a cesarean when they, she had a C-section. They were in there. They're like, well, we'll just take care of the routine maintenance while we're in here. And then I had to make my special appointment, you know, six months later or whatever. So, so there you go. Hard knocks. And it's going to be the Jets. And you know what? It should be the Jets. The other teams that they're considering, the Saints, the Bears, the Commanders, nobody cares. Nobody cares about the Commanders, okay? The only thing you care about with the Washington Commanders other than maybe you drafted Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson or you grabbed Sam Howell because of all the hype around him this year in fantasy, the only thing you care about when it comes to the Washington Commanders is their, is the sale of the team from the worst owner in the NFL, Dan Snyder, and his horrible practices. The Saints, they're not a story. Derek Carr's a Saint. Who cares? 
The New Orleans Saints are not a story. There's nothing sexy about putting the New Orleans Saints up on TV. And the Chicago Bears, who cares? The Bears aren't interesting. The Jets, though. The Jets are the sexy team to put on hard knocks. And it's all because of one guy. It's because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's it. They have come out and been very vocal that they do not want to be on hard knocks, which is an even bigger reason why you should put them on hard knocks. All right? I want to hear them complaining about cameras. I want to see social media from these guys, from Sauce Gardner or maybe Rodgers or whoever, from Brees Hall, talking about how they hate having the cameras everywhere. That's what I want. I want Robert Saleh to complain about Hard Knocks being there. That is what I want. And, of course, we all want to hear the wise, sage, old man quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. I would actually like to see the conversation that that goes on between Rodgers and Zach Wilson. Because, remember, when Wilson was brought, uh, you know, was asked about bringing in a veteran quarterback, he said he was going to make his life hell. I want to see Zach Wilson make Aaron Rodgers' life hell. That would be amazing. The Saints, the Bears, and the Commanders are not interesting. I hope the NFL does the right thing, gives us what we want, and that is the Jets on hard knocks. How much time do I have? Three minutes? Two and a half? Two minutes? All right, let's get to Ernie Johnson real quick here. This was yesterday during the match. It was uh, that they're, they're, they, the Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey versus Steph and Clay on the golf course. This was TNT. And they stopped the middle in the middle of the broadcast so Charles Barkley could make a cool announcement. Can I say something, Ernie? Uh, I think you already are. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is big. This is big. I want to be the first. I'm the only person up here knows this. I want to be the first person. It's an honor and a privilege to congratulate Ernie Johnson going into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> What are you talking about? Uh, I, they, they told me, and I said, they said, would you do this? I said, it'd be an honor. It's an honor and a privilege to tell you. Ernie Johnson, congratulations, brother. Yeah. Man, well that said. is that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, and You know what? I'm taking the rest of the day off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. And whoever, whoever is responsible for that, whoever um, votes on that, I am humbled beyond words. So thank you so much. Means the world to me. I've been at this, been at this for, uh, been at this for 34 years uh, at the same place. Been over 40 years in broadcasting, and uh, I'm stunned. So thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. Um, thank you guys. Hey, underdog. What a cool day, huh? Thanks. Isn't man. that cool, Ernie Johnson? I mean, if you've been watching the NBA on TNT, Ernie has been in your house for the last. 20, 30 years, whatever, and it was very cool. And I always like those surprise, those surprise announcement of you're going into the Hall of Fame. They do that in the NFL all the time. So uh, very cool for Ernie Johnson to get into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. If you didn't get a chance to see it, Caitlin Clark is nervous about playing golf with Zach Johnson. That's on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Ran out of time. Cubs baseball coming up next. Kira, do we know who they're playing? The Guardians? Cleveland? All right. Cubs Guardians coming up next. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Kira for coming back uh, to us from Seattle and keeping us on the air. My name is Mike Wicket. Thanks for listening to uh, Wicket's World here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Cubs baseball is next. Laid back.